The, the type of agreement is a, it's like an option agreement. So the homeowner says, okay, in exchange for you, the investor giving me a lump sum, I will give you the right to share in the appreciation of my home. So when I sell my home, I will give you back the original amount that you invested, together with a share of the appreciation. Now that's all based on the value of the home. So if the value of the home increases, then the investor makes money. But conversely, if the property significantly falls in value, the investor uh, runs the risk of possibly making no money or even losing money. What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show. Thank you for tuning in. We're here to help you get your wealth away from Wall Street and into Main Street. Today, our guest is Matthew Sullivan from QuantumRE.com. Today, we're talking about this, this this new thing, right? I had not learned about this before, and you might not have as well. We're talking about home equity agreements. The This is a different way, not a loan, okay? This is not a loan. It's a way to tap into the future equity appreciation of your asset and a way for investors to tap into the future equity appreciation of other people's homes and other people's real estate. We get into the details here and and it was a learning experience for me. It's gonna be for you as well. If you haven't heard, it, heard about this before, I think we get into a lot of the questions that you might have about this as, uh, as well. And we also talk a bit about uh, fund and a platform that Matthew and his, his colleagues are working on putting together for investors to uh, invest in this this strategy at scale. This this is a strategy that used to be reserved for you know the hedge funds, the big money, right? Not not for regular people like you and me. And that is changing. Okay, he's got a fund that's coming up for accredited investors only, and they're working on a platform as well. Like I said, we talk about this really cool. Uh, you know, tune in, and maybe this is something for you. Maybe not. I don't know. But I learned something today and you are gonna learn about something new as well. If you're new to the show, take a quick second, go to your favorite podcast app, look up the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, hit the subscribe button, and that way you'll get every new episode delivered straight to your mobile device. And we are gonna help you get your wealth away from Wall Street and into Main Street. If you do enjoy the show, please take a quick second, go to the Apple Podcast app, give us a rating and review, five stars if you don't mind. It's much appreciated because it helps other people learn about the show. That helps us rank higher in Apple's uh, Apple's rankings and helps other people like you learn these lessons and get away from Wall Street. I'm your host, Taylor Lote. I'm a real estate investor, I'm a real estate syndicator. I buy real estate with passive investors and split the return. I love learning new things. And like I've said a couple of times already, I learned a bunch of new stuff today. This new strategy is new to me and uh, it's, it might be new to you as well. Really interesting and uh, very exciting things going on at quantumari.com. Without any further ado, here we go with Matthew. Matthew, thank you for joining us today. Taylor, thank you very much for having me on. Hey, I'm excited to talk with you. It's been great talking so far. You have an interesting business model and a really interesting background as well. Can you tell our listeners a bit about yourself and your background and what you do? Yes, of course. So um, originally I'm from the, uh, I was from the UK. I moved over here about seven years ago. My background is very much uh, you know, entrepreneurial. So for the last 25 plus years, I've been involved um, as the founder of companies in telecoms, uh, finance, technology. I worked with Richard Branson for uh, a number of years in the late 90s and was involved 
at the beginning of Virgin Cosmetics and Virgin Clothing and Virgin Executive Jets and right at the very beginning of Virgin Mobile when I remember sitting at, uh, at a table in Richard's office in uh, Holland Park where he had only just recruited the CEO of what was to become a multi-billion dollar company. So, you know, really exciting times. But moved over here seven years ago with the clear focused intent to get involved in something I'd always wanted to get involved in, which is real estate. So I, I swore that um, when I moved to the US, I would immerse myself and um, I, you know, haven't, haven't looked back since. Nice. Awesome. And it's a great, great summary. Does Richard still take your calls? Could you still get in touch with him, you think? Well, yeah, he keeps phoning me, but I frankly, I haven't got time. I'm, I'm too busy building the business, you know, so um, yes. But he's, no, I, I haven't seen, last time I saw him was um, a, a good few years ago. It was at a, I think it was at a conference in New York. We just happened to bump into each other and he did recognize me, but I think there were about a thousand people, you know, around him, you know, trying to grab a piece of his time. So yeah, it's a, a while back, but a fantastic time, great experience, wonderful guy to work with. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, I want to dive into this business that you're in in home equity agreements, which is honestly something that I'm not familiar with. And I would hazard a guess that, you know, our listeners probably aren't familiar with. And, you know, we'll dive into what those mean and how they're different from HELOCs and all that great stuff. But, you know, can you first give us an introduction into how they work? Of course. Well, let's talk about what the problem is that they solve. So if you're a homeowner and you have equity in your home, the only way you can unlock that equity right now is to borrow money. So in other words, even though you have all of this wealth, it's trapped in your equity. And the only way to access it is to go deeper into debt. And that means by way of a mortgage or a home equity line of credit or a reverse mortgage. So there, apart from selling your home, there's no other way of tapping into that equity. Now, there's some pretty scary statistics. First of all, and there's over um, $17 trillion worth of equity in residential homes in the US. More than 15 million homeowners have 50% or more equity. And something like 75% of the average American's wealth is trapped in their home equity. So it, it is a real problem, particularly for those people who have finding themselves sort of struggling with the current economic challenges, to know that they've got hundreds of thousands of dollars potentially of wealth, but they're finding it difficult to sort of, you know, meet their day-to-day expenses. So the problem that we solve is to enable homeowners to access that equity without having to borrow money. So a home equity agreement is not a loan. It's not a mortgage. It's not a reverse mortgage. It's an equity-based instrument that allows an investor to buy into the potential appreciation of the home. So the way that our investors get paid, rather than charging an interest rate, they take a share of the potential appreciation of the home. So rather than getting paid a, a fixed amount, if the home goes up, then the investor takes a share of that appreciation as the return on their investment. Interesting. Okay, so you have a, a homeowner that owns a home and has maybe more than 50% equity, a few hundred thousand dollars worth of equity in the property. And then on the other hand, you have investors providing capital to that homeowner, and then the investor yes. earns a return based on the appreciation. 
exactly that. So the agreement is a the, the type of agreement is a it's like an option agreement. So the homeowner says, okay, in exchange for you, the investor giving me a lump sum, I will give you the right to share in the appreciation of my home. So when I sell my home, I will give you back the original amount that you invested together with a share of the appreciation. Now that's all based on the value of the home. So if the value of the home increases, then the investor makes money. But conversely, if the property significantly falls in value, the investor uh, runs the risk of possibly making no money or even losing money. So it's a very different proposition to a loan where the lender always really, you know, gets their gets their money, you know, well, pretty much always, you know, come come what may. Yeah, as long as uh, all the, the titles clear and the liens are all, you know, in the right There's position. Those I think. sort of minor details, <laughs> yeah, like that, yeah. Like the, the property not completely collapsing. But it's, it's the, the difference is it's much more of a partnership as opposed to a loan. Now, the other interesting thing is because it's not a loan, it doesn't appear on your credit report as increased debt. You can use it to pay for things like paying off your forbearance. So, so if you're one of the many millions of people that have gone into forbearance, you can use a home equity agreement to get current on your mortgage. And you can use it to pay off a mortgage. You can use it to pay off credit cards. You can use it as a way of raising capital to invest in another property as a down payment. So because it's equity, because it's not more debt, it's not added to your debt servicing or your debt income ratio. Interesting. Okay. So I want to make sure we address kind of both sides of this transaction and, and what it looks like for uh, both parties. So I guess we can continue down that that thread and look at the, what do you say, borrower side or the homeowner well, side? Investor. Yeah. So you've got a, an investor and you've got a homeowner. Investor and homeowner. Um, okay. Well, yeah. So that's that's what we tend to, because we we really try and avoid the you know, the, the borrower, because again, education is a, is a critical component because we really want people to understand that there are real alternatives now to having to borrow money or, you know, go into debt. Okay. So, uh, you know, can you give us some examples of numbers on how this would work for a homeowner that say, you know, their home is worth $400,000 and they have just for round numbers, $200,000 left on their mortgage. And, you know, how it would look in terms of how do they, you know, do you agree on, you know, we agree that the market price right now is $400,000. The investor is going to entitled to any appreciation above that or, or, you know, how does this work? Let's get some numbers on it. If you Yes. Well, there there are a number of different programs that we work with, a number of different options. So there are some agreements that last for 10 years. And some agreements that last longer than that, up to 30 years. And they each have slightly different ways of calculating uh, the share. But I'll give you an example of a 10-year agreement. So this is an agreement which runs for 10 years, which you can buy back at any point without any prepayment penalties. And remember, there are no monthly payments at all for the duration. So these agreements work very much on a discounted basis. um, basis. So um, if you have a $400,000 home and you wanted to unlock, let's say 10% of the current value of your home, so you wanted $40,000, then the agreement would say, when you sell your home, well, we've given you uh, the, the equivalent of 10%. When you sell your home, we would like the rights to share in 16% approximately 
of the value of your home. It's slightly over 16%. So in other words, that means when you sell your home, even though uh, we paid you for 10% of the current value, when you sell it, you give us the equivalent of 16% of the value of your home. So that means, excuse me, your home, if your home goes up or down in value, the percentage of the value of your home that you give us remains the same. And what that effectively enables us to do is tap into some of the current and potential future value of your home at a discount in exchange for cash today that you get with no monthly payments and uh, there's no income tax or capital gains tax to pay either. And you can use, funnily enough, the cost of the agreement, you can offset that (coughs) against your capital gains if you have a capital gains tax bill. So the, the true cost of that could actually be a little bit lower because the cost of the capital that we give you, you can use that to offset against your capital gains tax bill. Interesting. Okay. So even in, so that that's looking at the end of the transaction, but initially when the homeowner receives a capital, that's not a taxable event either? That's or is absolutely it? right. It's not a taxable event because the contract is going to be settled. It's an option agreement and the contract is going to be settled at a future point. But from a homeowner's perspective, it's actually, it's great because from an underwriting you know, point of view, we're not really going to be interested that much in your income, as long as your credit score is over 550, we can work with you, which is actually quite low. It doesn't appear as debt. You don't have monthly payments. You can use it to pay off credit cards, all the other things that I, I mentioned earlier. So if for a homeowner, it's a very different proposal than a, than a debt where you've suddenly got those additional monthly payments. From the investor's perspective, what it does is it builds in some upside. So even if property values uh, remain flat or possibly decline over the next uh, you know, short term. There's still some upside built into that contract to make it interesting and worthwhile for the investor. Okay. so that And that was a 10-year example that you provided us. And then there was a, it was 10 years and then there was another one. And, and the 30-year agreement works slightly differently where the 30-year agreement, you calculate a sharing ratio. So what we do is we say, Again, this is just an example, but if we were to unlock 10% of the current value of your home, then we would normally multiply that by approximately three to give us 30%. So when you sell your home, you you would give us back our initial investment together with 30% of the increase in value. So let's say your $400,000 home increased to $420,000, and we would take a 30% share of that $20,000, so that's $6,000, in addition to our $40,000 back. So that means that we would obviously make a return and you would keep the other $14,000, which is the, the rest of the appreciation. If your house continues to appreciate, if you stay in it for a longer period, then obviously we will make a better return, a longer return. So we'll make a, a return no matter how long, but also... If the value of the property does fall for whatever reason, then you know we may earn less. We we try and build in a discount to the property value, so we start the clock running normally at a slightly lower figure 
than the figure that your property appraises at. So that helps build in some upside for the investor in case your property doesn't appreciate or in fact goes down a little bit. So that makes it attractive for the investor, uh, you know, should the market uh, soften up a little. Interesting. Okay. So I'm curious about other ways that the investor or you can protect yourself in, you know, what if I, the homeowner, stop paying my mortgage or stop paying my taxes or don't pay the insurance and uh, burn the property down or any of those things that can go wrong that have yes. you know, somebody else further up in line that, you know, has, has a entitlement to some of the equity in the home further up in line than you, right? Yes. So the, the interesting thing here, compared to a loan, remember, we're much more in partnership with the homeowner. So we will only invest an amount so that the homeowner normally retains a minimum of 30% equity. So after our investment, the homeowner still has a very big chunk of ownership in the home. So it's not like you know a few years ago when you have very large mortgages where the homeowner has very little incentive to look after the property. The difference here is we're in partnership with the homeowner. The homeowner still has a large equity interest. Now, if they find themselves in a position where they cannot continue to pay the mortgage, we can help, we can step in, we can possibly pick up those payments. Or maybe we could increase the amount of home equity investment that we make to give them some cash to get them out of that uh, position. But because we are partners with the homeowner, it's in our interest to try and avoid the first mortgage holder or the senior lien holders from foreclosing. So we'll do everything we can to try and maintain position, that position so that if the homeowner can have an orderly exit, for example, if they're going to sell the property, let's give them the time to sell it and get a proper value for it, rather than being in a forced sale situation. Now, if a homeowner decides to burn their property down, I think that's probably a slightly different kettle of fish. But in that, in that sort of situation, we you know we would probably that would be quite rare. I would imagine we haven't actually come across that yet, because again, the homeowner doesn't have that same um, motivation. They have that vested interest, so they would be cutting their nose off to sort of spite their face, metaphorically speaking. Yeah, probably a, a, a very much an edge case. So I'd like to get more uh, in-depth on the investor side of things, right? You're you're here to make a profit. I'm here to make a profit, right? That's that's what we do. There's nothing wrong with with making money. And what that looks like for you, you've mentioned a few ways in which you, you know, bake in, <clears throat> excuse me, bake in some return. But from from my mind, we're trying to read into the description, it sounds like it'd be very difficult to make uh, future projections on anticipated return, right? Well, let's say when we buy, <clears throat> excuse me, when we buy an apartment complex, I know how many tenants are in there. I know what the comp comparable rents are, and I can make some projection about future cash flows. But in this case, the the you said there's no prepayment penalty. You might not have a, an idea on when they're going to sell, when you're going to make your return. So, how do you handle all of that? Uh, making projections and you know all <laughs> making your investors happy, right? Yeah, I understand. Absolutely. So first of all, if we look at the duration of the agreement, so the 10-year agreements, we know that they're going to be self-liquidating within 10 years. And we know that most of these agreements don't run anywhere near that sort of distance. They People tend to sell their homes every seven years. And our model, the evidence to date, shows that 
the duration of these agreements follows that. In fact, people tend to come out of these agreements slightly earlier. So in other words, they'll sell their home well below or before the seven years. In addition to that, trying to forecast the returns is a little bit easier than you would imagine because the amount of return that the investor gets is directly proportional to the increase in value of the property. So it's a much simpler equation. We don't have to look at triple net income, for example, that you would with a commercial operation. We don't have to look at rent and rent rolls and cost of maintenance because we don't own the asset. So there's no change of ownership. We don't have any servicing or maintenance costs. So we have a very predictable set of costs, in other words, pretty much zero. So the only thing that we need to focus on is what do we think house values are going to be in the short, medium, and long term? Now, residential housing is one of the most highly researched asset classes in in the US in terms of the number of companies that provide economic data that enables us to estimate or forecast what we think house prices are going to be. And I think Zillow recently on their website, if you put your property into the Zestimate function, you can see what their estimates are. So, I mean, none of us have the ability to, to forecast accurately, but what we're simply doing is saying, if your property or if the value of this asset, this this, this uh, residential home, increases by 5%, for example, then the return on your investment will be X, because those two numbers are directly connected. Um, So forecasting or providing an anticipated return is actually easier than it is with a lot of other real estate assets. Mm, Okay. So how is this handled at the, you know, at at your level? Are you, uh, do you have a fund to handle this? Is is it individual investors in one property? How how are you doing it? So at the moment, and again, it's, it's very interesting that you ask the question because at the moment we originate these agreements for funds institutions, other sources of capital that are typically not consumer or retail investors. We are in the process right now of putting together a fund that accredited investors will be able to to participate in through our website. And, And just to elaborate on that, it's a fund that will already have a track record with audited accounts and a number of assets that have been seasoned. So it won't be a um, a completely new set of figures. So that account or that fund previously was only accessible to uh, larger you know, investors, multifamily offices, et cetera. So we're making that available to accredited investors. And our big ambition, which we hope to be able to roll out later this year, is to make, make it possible for people to buy into individual home equity agreements so imagine a, a bit like the uh, Trulia or the Zillow um, website where you see a map with different properties. Rather than buying the home, you'll, you'll be able to buy into either some or all of that home equity agreement. So you'll be able to buy fractions. And we have a platform that we've built to enable you to trade. In other words, I could buy $1,000 worth of a home equity agreement of a fabulous house in Newport Beach, California, for example, because I've always wanted to invest in Newport Beach. And then as that property increases, the value of the home equity agreement will increase. And I might decide to sell in six months' time through the exchange platform that we put together. So our 
long-term objective, which we've been working on this for over three years, should be coming to uh, fruition sometime later this year, is to make home equity accessible to homeowners, but also investable and tradable. That is really cool because I, I, I was going to ask about geographic diversification and, and yes. how that's handled. But I can see as an investor, there are certainly areas where I would I would prefer to, I hate to put this term on it, but speculate on future home values compared to others. There are certain areas where they're not going to go up because jobs are leaving and people are leaving. Why would real estate values go up? That's that's the market. See, the great thing is that's the market is your view will be this. Someone else's view may be Mm -hmm. that. Some people like to invest in their local market. Some people like to invest in other markets. So the, the most important thing is we're making it possible to invest in the equity of homes that are not for sale. So you're buying into the equity appreciation of someone else's home. You're piggybacking. You are sitting on the shoulders, as it were, of that homeowner, sharing with them the the potential proceeds and being able to pick and choose down to an individual house level. So you can build portfolios based on geography, based on house types, based on pricing, based on other socio-demographic criteria. That is really cool. You mentioned the the fund is going to be for accredited investors only. Will that platform have the same uh, accredited investor only? To start with, yes. But our plan is before the end of this year, we hope to be able to launch through using a structure that will enable us to offer this to non-accredited investors where there will be no lock-in period and you will be able to buy and sell these fractions uh, immediately, you know, w- without having to wait, you know, the the traditional sort of, you know, 12 month lock-in period. That is really cool. That is awesome. I'd love to, you know, take a look at that once that's up. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. All right, Matthew, I've got three questions I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? Uh, I think so. Yes. <laughs> Great. First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? Well, I think looking back, probably the best investment is in things that I have control over. And I I really don't want this to be a vague answer, but I decided or I found out that I am a terrible investor in other people's businesses. I'm a terrible stock market investor because I'm very emotional. So I always buy and sell at precisely the wrong moments. So the best investment that I have made and probably will be able to make is in things that I have control over. So in the business that I'm building, because at that point I can see things from every angle and I can make a proper educated, you know, you know proper decisions based on information rather than you know what what I would do in other situations where I would I, you know pretty much guesswork. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can certainly appreciate that. We had the best investment. Now we go to the worst investment. What is the worst investment? Well, again, I remember, I mean, it's just, and I hate to say it, but I am a terrible stock picker. Hey, me um, too. You know, I, because, you know, the moment it goes up, I'm, you know, it's a glorious day. It's the best <laughs> of my life. If I wake up in the morning and the screen's red, I'm inconsolable. But the problem is you're completely, you have no control of this. And unless you're a professional investor where you dedicate your time to understanding how the markets work and what the companies are you invest in, you are sailing a ship 
rudderless. Um, and because I really don't, even though I was a stockbroker uh, many years ago, and I understand exactly what I need to do, uh, I don't have the time or the inclination to do it. And so I pay the price. So, so my worst investments always are those where, you know, I, I don't have the information to hand, where I'm hoping for an outcome, but it's unsupported by any reason that it, sh- that it should go the way I want it to. And that's, I think that's the same with a number of things where if you invest in anything without taking the time to understand what you're investing in or what the risks are or what the likely outcomes could be, it normally ends up you know, in the same place that most of my investments have. <laughs> At least the investments you didn't have control over. It's a, that's an important exactly. uh, point yes. caveat. Yeah. My favorite question here at the end of the show is, what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? Just it's stick with something. And it's so tempting with any business or any decision, whether it's passive investing or active investing or, or doing anything, to start and if things don't go according to plan to give up and and do something else where the people that are most successful are the people that find something they love and stick with it and and go through the trials and turmoils and roll with the punches i've learned that the only way to make something work and to be truly successful is really it is just determination and perspiration as opposed to luck and inspiration. I I can certainly appreciate that, especially in the real estate space. I think we need to be mindful of shiny object syndrome and the temptation to move away from things when when they get hard. And that that was one of my big failings, especially early on. Once I learned to kind of deal with that, I can I can really appreciate that lesson. Matthew, thank you for joining us today and teaching us about this strategy that's at least new to me. I don't know how new it is, but it's new to me. Really interesting to learn about. And it sounds like you have some really exciting things coming down the road as well. Yeah, no, it was great fun, Teddy. Thank you for having me on. If folks want to get in touch with you, if they want to learn more, if they want to tap into some of their future equity, or if they want to invest in others' equity, where can they get in touch with you? Everything's on the website. So it's uh, quantumre.com. That's Q U. A-N-T-M-R-E.com. So we have a calculator there where you can find out how much equity you can unlock. We have uh, a free guide that you can download. We have uh, contact details and uh, lots of podcasts and videos and other material to give you some good background about how home equity agreements work and how they can be beneficial to you. Awesome. Well, thank you once again for joining us today. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's very much appreciated and helps other people learn about the show, helps us rank higher in the algorithm and all that great stuff. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, they need to escape Wall Street and get into Main Street, please introduce the show to them and bring them into the tribe. Thank you for tuning in once again. I hope you have a great rest of your day and a great week. Not a great week. I hope you have a great rest of your day and we will talk to you on the next one. Not gonna, don't wait a week to tune in, catch the next episode. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.